Welcome to the In Your 20s podcast, where we figure out what the we're doing in our 20s. Hello, you amazing, sexy, wonderful humans. I am Tina with an H, and welcome back to another episode of In Your 20s. Happy Wednesday. The sun is shining, and I can't believe it's May. Like, I think I've said this on every intro, and I'm sorry I sound like a broken record, but April went by way too freaking fast. Time in general is moving way too fast for me. But with the news that we're starting to receive from the CDC and everything, things are slowly but surely opening up. First of all, thank you to the CDC. Thank you to all of the frontline workers who are, you know, pushing out this vaccine and spending hours vaccinating people. Because thanks to them, I will be exploring new places with friends, going on double dates, thanks to our sponsors for this episode, the app Foreplay. Shout out to them. Go download it because I swear you and your friends are about to have a time. And I can almost, almost taste the kind of packed bar atmosphere that is coming our way, especially if you live in New Jersey, New York area, because did someone say July 1st? For those who don't know, New York City announced that basically like everything's going to be open to full capacity come July 1st. That's also 4th of July weekend. Yes, I'm scared. I honestly don't know if I will be going out that weekend because mayhem and chaos is guaranteed, and I don't think I'm mentally prepared for that. But even though that's keeping me up at night, you guys shouldn't have to hear about it. I know you're here for today's episode, which is with our guest, Jordan Hatton, the host of the podcast, Miles Muse. And more importantly, depending on who you ask, is also a Black queer male in America. Jordan was kind enough to come on the show, and I also went on his podcast, so definitely go and listen to that. But throughout the episode, we talk about the importance of being your own best friend, when and who prompted his sexual awakening, growing up in a diverse community and going to school in a, well, in a not-so-diverse community, if main character energy is a bad thing, and so, so much more. Jordan was so fun. I couldn't stop laughing. I'm really excited for you guys to get to know him on a deeper level and hear about what he's learned in his 20s thus far. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of In Your 20s. Today, I am joined by the host of Miles Muse, Jordan Hatton. Jordan, how are you? How is everything? Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited. I am good. Um, This is definitely going to be a highlight of the week for me. So yeah, but I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, you literally just made me smile so big. I was like, aw. Guys, if you haven't listened, I was on Jordan's uh, podcast, Miles Muse with Jordan Hatton. Go check it out. I'm going to link it in the show notes below. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about that episode before we get into ours? Yeah, of course. Um, So Miles Muse is basically a place where I get together with my friends, colleagues, fellow stands, and we basically talk about all things music and entertainment beyond the surface. Me and Miss Tina, our episode was about Black women in music and basically talking about their experiences, what they go through, our favorite queens, um, and all that jazz. So yeah, it was very fun, very much a blast. So yeah, definitely check it out. I'm not going to lie to you guys. The way I was getting livid. <laughs> <during the convo. laughs> 
Yes. I was getting riled up. I went on so many tangents, but I I felt really good after recording. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Yes. I was like, ah, this isn't such a de-stressor. I don't even have to write in my journal today. This is fantastic. (laughs) But Jordan, like, Mm -hmm. tell us about yourself. How old are you? And what is one random fun fact you've learned in your 20s thus far? Yes. So I am 24 years old, um, which is even weird to say, turning 25 in September. Weird. Um, But I think for me, what I've learned in my 20s, kind of just like being out of school for some time now, is the importance of you becoming your own best friend. And by that, I mean, not saying you don't need friends, not saying become a loner, right? I'm a huge advocate for building relationships and have people in your life, right? But really um, being your own source of fulfillment and validation and discipline, right? And really honing in on how you view yourself as an individual is so, so powerful, you know? And oftentimes um, around this time, we get so caught up in whether what we see on social media, what we see our friends are doing, what other people are doing, and like obviously this whole comparison Olympics crap that we always do. Um, But we really need to hone in on like, what do we value? What do we want to do with our lives? But it all comes down to really how you view yourself and what you think is possible for you. I love that. So would you say that also in terms of being your own best friend, even going as far as to say like FOMO, like the feeling mm-hmm. of missing out. I personally get I get FOMO so bad. I mean, granted, this was before the pandemic. I'd always mm-hmm. go to every single event, but it's also being your own best friend. You have to listen to your body and your gut sometimes to say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't actually go to this thing or uh, I'm down with just staying inside by myself tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's so powerful because I think especially in school, right, when we're in that social scene, when we're surrounded by people who literally are our age, right, we feel that we need to be a part of this. We need to like, you know, constantly being cute with our friends on the gram and having our stories be popping 24-7, always going to the bar every single Thursday, you know, like it's this rush of just like being young and careless and being free in that moment in time. But as you do get older, right, and your priorities, um, start to shift and differ, you really do need to focus on, okay, what is the best decision right now for you? There were plenty of moments when my friends were having, you know, birthday parties in the city. And I said, yeah, I can't go because I can't afford this. And that's okay. You know, like, that's okay. Like, I think it's just about making smart decisions. And like, if the people who love you know that you're making a smart decision for you, they're not going to go against that. They're not going to like shame you for that, or at least they shouldn't anyway, I should say. Exactly. Especially with the whole like, oh, I might not be able to afford this. This is out of my bank account. I can't do this. So I actually had a conversation with a few friends um, last week because here's the thing. Like if we're going out to a restaurant, to a bar, I'm a vegetarian. So most of the time, whatever I'm getting, it's on the appetizer menu because that's where there's a lot of things for me to eat. And when we're getting drinks and all this stuff, I'm very aware of what I'm ordering. It's like, I'm going to order one, two drinks max because I keep a tight budget in terms of what I'm going to spend going out. Mm -hmm. Some other people in this group, granted the group is like six, seven of us, a few of them, They are just like, let's get rounds. Let's do X, Y, Z. I want to order five espresso martinis for myself. And then 
once you get the bill, because obviously like I will put it on my credit card when, you know, it's my time. But once some of them specifically, like I said, the ones who are more loose with their money, once they get the bill, they just are like, okay, guys, we're going to split this evenly. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel about splitting checks evenly? Listen, um, I mean, if it's a couple of us, like if it's like legit, no more than three of us, like I honestly wouldn't mind. I don't care. But even then, like when I go with my friends now, we all get our own separate checks. You know, like I had um, a birthday dinner for my 24th birthday for my 24th birthday and i made sure i said it when i planned this um to the restaurant we're all doing separate checks you know and i made that clear you know and i even told my friends that we're all going to do separate checks it just makes things a lot easier and i don't believe in someone like spending more money than what they have to you know and i don't think it's about being cheap i don't think it's about you know being a quote-unquote broke bitch or whatever but like even if you are like i have friends who make a a good amount of money they have well-paying jobs but like they don't want to just spend their money off frivolously you know if you want to do that go ahead and do that more power to you but that shouldn't be the universal notion for everybody so i mean i always like um splitting checks i mean not splitting checks but i mean having separate checks. Yeah. And even even sometimes like because obviously with a bigger group of six, you know, mm-hmm. it's they're not going to split it sometimes. So it's taking a picture of that check and then get taking the picture, putting it in a group chat and being like, OK, everyone pay for what you got and then we'll just split the tax and tip. I'm totally fine with splitting tax yeah, and tip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once we get into I'm paying for your three additional drinks when I was myself, told myself, you know, I'm going to refrain from getting a lot tonight because I can't afford it. But something else that you had mentioned. So you said that you're 24, you're going to be 25 in September. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. would you say, were there any differences or are there any differences from your early 20s to your mid 20s? Because I mean, you're you're in your mids. <laughs> yeah, no, um, because I turn. Yeah, I've always been a year above everyone else because I literally turned 21 fall semester of my junior year, right? Oh, early. Yeah, so very early, very early. Um, And so, I mean, I think there definitely is a difference now than what I would say how I graduated school within those final years. You know, I've always been the type of person who wants to be, you know, friends with everybody, cool with everyone, you know, and um, really just be a very fun loving individual and I still feel as if I am that kind of person um but as the older I get and I say this to you know some of my closest friends is like you really start to see not everyone thinks the way that you do you know not everyone values the same things that you value not everyone communicates the same way that you do no one has the same priorities as you you know and you can be at the same exact stage of life but that doesn't mean you know we're all going to act and accommodate um the same way and um that's really been a thing socially that i've had to adapt to and really being like a very avid social person when i was in school to when you know a few years out of school my social scene has not been as crazy as hectic obviously due to the pandemic but you know as much as it was so you know it goes hold back to you know learning how to be your own best friend thing but you know when you want to be with your friends you know you got to schedule that time you got to be like hey you know that the da we're not just two minutes apart from each other anymore you know we got to make plans you know and you really get to see who is holding you as a priority in their life right and then who is not you know and you it's okay you know it, it is okay as long as you have your core group of people you can always rely on that's all that really matters so for me it's really just been about um 
learning who you are, learning what you value. And if there are going to be people in your life who are going to fall in line with that, great. If not, you know, send them peace and love. (laughs) Send them peace and love. I dig that a lot. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what you're saying, you know, in your early 20s, if you went to school, like you were around your friends 24-7, your college friends, you you were available all the time. You're in the whole hoopla, I guess you could call it, of mm-hmm. Thursday Thursdays. Like we're all going to go out on Tuesdays. At least that's how it was in, at my college campus. So it's really just identifying. And like you said, those priorities. Some people are going to prioritize still, you know getting drunk four nights out of the week, which my liver can't be doing that no more. I tell you that. That's (laughs) exhausting. I could, I don't know how I did it versus, you know, putting your career above everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. So seeing that, and I guess with my last year, my quote unquote early twenties, that's really interesting to hear your perspective because I think I'm starting to see that very slowly, briefly. Yeah, Um, no, it's a slow process. Definitely. And it takes, it's all, You know, I could talk about this a lot because I got a list in my head of people, but that is not today's episode, guys. (laughs) Straight bang. I'm like, "Mm, can't wait to talk about this at another time. But as far as, you know, coming to terms with yourself and Mm. being your own best friend, tell us a little bit more about you. Tell us about your story with coming out and all Mm. of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious if no one knows me, I am black and gay as fuck. Um, (laughs) Been that for as long as I can remember, you know, Troy Bolton was my awakening. So, you know, as I like to always say, um, who can blame me, right? Sure as hell will not be blaming you. Let's say, let's say. But, um, I mean, I think... And I really do thank the universe and God for this, that I've always been someone who has been very self-aware. Even at a very young age, I've been very just someone who knows that other people's opinions don't necessarily define who I am, especially if they're not my friends, if they're not people who are like in my life, right? Just because someone in this class is trying to call me something or say something, whatever, trying to make me feel bad, like it never like had an effect on how I viewed myself, right? And I don't know why that has been the case, but I thank God for that because that's not the case for everybody, you know? Um, But I think for me in terms of like being gay, it's like I've been insanely, insanely blessed, right? I went to a middle school and high school, right? Like the same school I went to was the school I went to throughout middle school and high school, right? So seven years. And it, um, oh wow! So it was like a middle school and high school combined. Yes, yes. So from sixth grade to senior year, I was in the same building. Child, um, so, so, <laughs> okay. So our grade, we grew up together. Okay, um, but uh, that school in particular, where they were very adamant about their philosophy of like you know being accepting of all people, you know, and their faculty was very, you know, admin about, you know, um, we accept people of all different walks of life, all different identities, so on and so forth. Um, not saying there was like a lot of queer students. I mean, there were as like, you know, I got higher up and up within the school, but I would say I was one of like the earliest people that was really, I guess you can say quote unquote out or known, or I always did me or whatever the case may be. Um, but for me, being gay was always a normal thing. Like, it's just like, this is who I am. Like, this is just how my body naturally feels and is. Um, you know, I love women with 
every single fiber of my being. And if sexuality was a choice, child, it, this will be a whole completely different conversation, right? <laughs> um, but I mean, I've been blessed to really have people in my life who value authenticity, who have been like, you know, advocates of being your own best self, you know, and especially when I was in middle school and high school, I had the same set of friends all throughout sixth grade to senior year and um, still love them very, very much to this day. They hold a very special place in my heart. They know exactly who they are, Um, but they were really just so like you know, this is who we are, you know, um, we all did theater, you know, very much heavily within the performing arts. We all were in um, either band or orchestra. So very, you know, very typical um, type of like artsy kids. Right. Um, and then transitioning into college. Right. And me being just so self assured of like, yeah, this is who the fuck I am. Right. And all that stuff and me being so it, it was kind of a different shift because in the school, in high school, I never really felt like different because of, you know, my race or being black because, you know, kind of it was a very much inner city school. The kids of color, specifically the black students really held that, you know, that social power. Right. Versus going to the University of Connecticut where it is white. OK, <laughs> OK, it's just white, you know, I'm and- going to lie. As soon as you said Connecticut, I was like, mm. Yeah, you know, and so it was like, because the white kids I went to high school and middle school with, they were all just cool, you know, regular, regular people, you know, that was, we could have conversations about race and and systems of oppressions, all this stuff like that. No problem. Easy, right? It was kind of like, you don't, I know this phrase nowadays, it's, ooh, like we have to, but it's quote unquote, oh, we don't see color where it's, we're not judging each other by the color of our skin. It's more so like, we're all seeing each other. I was just people and humans and like you were saying that was the philosophy of your school like just treat everyone the same yeah yeah and like and when it came to color it really wasn't like so much of a divide as to who you were friends with it was just really based off of interest and what you really did um I would say that, you know, obviously we still spoke about race and things like that and everything. Right. And I think that was like a very heavily thing was like, no, we're talking about this. You Mm -hmm. know, we didn't shy away from it. Um, But then transitioning into college. Right. Um, Me thinking that, you know, I can be friends with really whoever. Right. Shoot that. Right. Really? Well, I don't know. I'm saying really as surprise. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it was just like, you know you can see you can start to tell that not everyone was not raised the same it was not all and we're always around people who really only looked and thought like them right and that's one thing i really learned quickly within my freshman year and so being in a you know a predominantly black spaces at a predominantly white institution right it's quite a powerful thing because a lot of the black students really get to know each other and look at each other as like a community of people quite quickly but um you know even being gay in that space um, because it's different being gay in like a general space versus being someone who is black and gay in a predominantly black space. Those are two different things, right? Um, It was like, I became a lot of people's first kind of gay friends too, you know? You were the token. 
Yeah, I mean, in a way, in a way, you know, like they were like, obviously they've known that, you know, queer people existed, but um, this was the first time that I would say they got to have these real authentic conversations with like someone. Oh, also they're gay as well. You know, it was just kind mm-hmm. of like that. And, um, you know, a lot of friends uh, I got to meet with who were, you know, their families are very much like, you know, um, Caribbean, you know, or from Africa. Um, and they're like, you know, the first generation to be born and raised here in America, you know. Um, and so for them, it was I wouldn't say it was like a shock or anything, but it was just like, oh, OK, like, you know, they got to have conversations and education that they never really had before. You know, they're like, also, oh, wait, what does this mean? You know, and kind of like learning about the entire alphabet of the queer community. Right. And like having all those things. So for me, it's like, I look at being gay as just as how I look at being a man, as being black. You know, um, it's something that is normal for me. I've never been ashamed of it, you know. Um, I think it's cool as fuck, (laughs) you know, because I think the queer community is colorful and vibrant and so just gorgeous, right? And then also being black, come on. We already know. Like, we already know. Like, come on. It's the flavor. It's the juiciness. It's the essence of it all. Like, you know, so having those two communities combined into my entire identity is like, come on. It's never boring. It's never dull. Yeah. And you said something that really struck out to me where you said if sexuality was a choice, like it's not a choice. And I think oftentimes people who are, let's say, against the queer community, they would say to you, you can choose to like women but it's like that's not how it works so for those people how do you even react i i, I for me i'm just like because there are also some black people who feel this way too right yeah. and um i'm just i genuinely cannot make this up it's like i think that's just a small-minded way of how to you know show that you are homophobic in any sense and i think it's just such like a simple very honestly lack of knowledge way of you just being against queer people you know like to me i'm just like you're not smart if you honestly like come to that conclusion right if you genuinely think that sexuality is a choice and people want to be gay for quote unquote attention Uh, like that's really that's the conclusion that you're coming up here that's your argument like it's just like you're showing your lack of knowledge and you're showing your lack of just like honest like of everything you know and it's just like i would like i said i think women are phenomenal creatures i think they're beautiful they're stunning all these things right and um i get to experience you know who they are just by being you know very very close friends with them and having them be the important people in my life most particularly um black women um and so it's like like i can't make this up like i genuinely you know don't i can't be with a woman in a romantic and sexual way like my brain would just not allow that right and i'm like just how you know you heterosexuals out here can picture yourself being with the same sex right that's exactly how it is yeah that's exactly how it is you know and a lot of people think like oh so when did you know like have you ever been with a woman have you ever been with a girl you know stuff like that you know for full disclosure i have not Right. And like I did I didn't need to have that experience to know that. You know what I'm saying? Because of Troy Bolton. Yes. Because 
yeah, shout out to Zac Efron. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and on top of that, I never just viewed women and girls in that way. Like, that's just never what it was. My brain doesn't allow me to do that, you know, and yeah. to want them and desire them in that type of way. So, you know, if you say sexuality is a choice and people want to choose to be gay for attention, I'm sorry, you're stupid. Like, it's just, <laughs> you're not smart. You're just not smart. Like, but even those people who say, like, oh my gosh, you're just doing this for attention or whatnot. Let's use the example of Lil Nas X and the Call Me By Your Name uh, Montero mm-hmm. music video. And I mean, that was a topic of conversation for a lot of different things. And I mm-hmm. know, because like I'm religious, but like mm-hmm. I watched the video, I was like, this is art. I don't care. This isn't a topic of, oh my gosh, we need to like pray for him immensely. Yeah. yeah. He's riding CGI Satan. <laughs> 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 What was your reaction to the backlash that he was getting? I mean, so I was on Twitter um, at like 12 a.m. typically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Late night Twitter, best I, kind of Twitter. Yeah, and that was when I first saw like the little the clip of it all. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, the Lord, people are going to come for him for this. <laughs> they is going to be mad in the morning. But <laughs> when I say I first saw him straddle... <laughs> I was living like I'm not gonna lie like (laughs) you know and I think it goes to this right first of all we need to understand little Nas X is little Nas X he's not the epitome or the definition or the gatekeeper of every single black queer person that's out here on this earth and that's one thing we need to establish right now is like how one black queer person operates is not going to be the same way how every other black queer person operates, right? We're all different people at the end of the day. There's so much diversity within black people, within the queer community, within itself, that how one person chooses to present themselves is not the definite thing all around, right? So let's just establish that. But um, I think for me, like, I didn't take it as face value, you know, just like you said, like, I didn't take it as like, oh, my gosh, he's worshiping, you know, Satan or whatever the case may be. And after um, I saw him explain himself on numerous interviews on YouTube, right, and explain the whole concept of it. And it's just like, because he was raised to think that, you know, if you're gay, you are going to, you know, burn in hell, things like that, you know, and he really just took that narrative, you know, and flipped it, really, and was like, okay, like, if this is what we're teaching, and what we're still teaching, young queer kids is that when they do die, they're gonna be, you know, go to hell and things like that, and not be deemed as the idealized individual, you know, he basically just took the whole narrative, flipped it and was like, okay, let me own this, right? Let me show you, let me show you all, you know, what happens when someone, you know, actually decides to, you know, embrace embrace it you know embrace that narrative right and i think that's all that's all it really was you know i didn't take it as like oh he's like you know okay yes we're worshiping the devil da 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 666 all that stuff like that you know um and i think once you are able to have those types of conversations right then you really get to see how powerful art is you know and this has happened time and time again with madonna back in the day and so many other people who have like you know use religion in their music videos to you know um display and push a much more powerful message at hand yeah when i was looking at the uh backlash i was like this is getting out of hand i think he had even so then i go on his twitter as i was like let's see and he said he was like honestly y'all love me for old town road but then you also hate me for this one like and he even said he was like i was talking about 
get in with the guy in Old Town Road too. Like y'all just didn't realize it. You didn't read into it. But that was that was the message of the song. Even I think he had tweeted. He, I forget the exact quote, but he was like, "Yo, bro, I'm sorry at God or something like that." <laughs> Even still, people were just so mad because they thought he was making a joke out of it. But Mm. in reality, he was like, I've been dealt with all these hardships. I'm going to present it and make it into art that you're mad. Like, weren't y'all the ones who wrote this? He didn't. The community didn't. They did. So that's where I get super frustrated. And this is probably my biggest pet peeves because I just hate the hypocriticalness of it Mm -hmm, all. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Going off of how like, he just had so many people attack him. Obviously, he's got a huge platform. He even tweeted that he was super he was super anxious. He didn't know what to do. He had to stay off socials for a little because he just felt like, yeah. even though he was really proud, the world was kind of attacking him. So have you had any experiences of hardships where people are trying to call you out or just being rude just because of the way that you act, talk, even though it's no one's business? Mm-hmm. But have you ever had anyone like try to fight you or anything along those lines? Thank God, no. Um, And I'm going to say, like, I've been very blessed with my experience, you know, thus far. Um, I'm not going to say, like, my life is perfect or it has been easy 100% of the time. But I think um, for what my experience as a Black gay person in this world could be, um, I've been pretty tamed, you know, knock on wood, right? Um, But I, I think ever since I was young, I mean, I've always been very, you know, kind of opinionated and boastful about who I was. Um, And I think it was because of the fact that I never was, I mean, I've always just looked to myself and my friends really, you know, and especially in middle school, like when people try to call me names and, you know, try to make me feel bad and all this stuff like that or whatever. Yeah. But never to the point where I was like physically touched or, you know, any type of like actual, violence was done against me thank god you know and then um in high school it was pretty it was pretty chill it was pretty easy like everyone you know i was pretty okay with you know even on like the guys who were athletes and stuff like that and everything the girls who were athletes or whatever you know i was pretty cool generally with everybody because like i mean i was just jordan you know this is who he is and like i'm not a bad person you know um <laughs> and so it's like you're not a bad person based on the combos we've had you are great <laughs> fantastic thank you. <laughs> thank you but i think um i mean i've had had i will say this like there have been certain people that I have reservations around because they have been the type of people to make me or try to make me feel uncomfortable because of who I was, you know? So there are some people who, um, you know, kind of based off of my experience that I'm probably a lot more just solid with and probably a lot more callous around. Mm. Um, and I'm just kind of, you know, not so I don't try to be the center of attention at hand, you know? You have main character energy, for sure. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Because I-, I have the two, so I'm like, <laughs> I see it. <laughs> yes. So like, I try. Um, there, there are certain... And depending on the room, you know, and depending on the group of people that I'm around, I'm, I, I try to, you know, just be laid back and reserve and just being observant. Um. And I think that's really what it is, you know, Um, besides that, it's not only because if anyone tries to come for me, it's not only me, you're going to hear is about 
like we got armies on you got deck. a squad okay <laughs> we got people on zach so it's like if you go on, you want to start something all right but like you don't like I got people out the woodworks, you know, so <laughs> you don't you don't want it because on top of that, it's gonna become something that you won't be able to handle, you yeah. know. And um I thank God for you know the people that have been placed in my life and that they're all strong willed, opinionated people themselves, you know, who don't take no type of BS from anybody. And I even um as I had my experience grow throughout college and I even joined, you know, a historically black Greek fraternity. Right. And, um, that was a whole revelation for myself too, as well. And just, you know, getting to connect with people and build those strong, close relationships with individuals who I never thought I would have ever in my life, you know, like, and they've been falling in love with who I was. Right. It's just, this is who the hell I am. And if you're going to try to make me feel uncomfortable because of that, that says a lot about you, you know, at the end of the day. And Jordan, have you ever thought about being a confidence coach? (laughs) (laughs) The way I feel so empowered by listening to you right now. I mean, I get that a lot from people, right? I think I. it's, it's a lot of like, oh, every time I'm around you, it's just like such like, you know, you feel so welcoming and so da 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 and all that stuff like that. And it's not intentional, like at all. You know, I've always been a very inclusive person um, because I just believe at the end of the day, like there's a place on this earth for all of us. There's a group of people on this earth for every single one of us. You know, not any person is like the one singular way of how to be inspiring or be the ideal person of who can contribute to society we all can contribute to society and like push this world further based off of being ourselves and just like owning who the hell we are you know so for sure and do you think because i feel like this is a question that's asked a lot but Mm -hmm. do you think there's ever such a thing as being too opinionated um I think to an extent, I think there are people who are opinionated to the point where they can't see another person's point of view, you know? Um, I think it's important for you to not, just as much as important for you to be opinionated and to, you know, being able to state your stance on something, it's just as important for you to be a listener, you know, and to really just learn how to shut up and open your ears and really try and digest another person's perspective perspective on something you know and i think that's critical to any act of communication you know you can't be a talk i don't think you can be a talker without you also being a listener you know and so i think there are some people who are definitely so opinionated to the point where they are completely stubborn and you know they can't see a different perspective other than their own and you know what we we push them to the left you know (laughs) i know where to put them you know what i'm saying and i just keep it pushing But um, I think it's okay to be opinionated and it's definitely um, you need to have your own thoughts and feelings in this world, but also be a phenomenal listener and be able to hear diverse perspectives because that's the only way you're going to grow. Diverse perspectives. I think that's where it's key because it's like I will because everyone has their own opinions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, especially nowadays, people are sometimes scared to say their opinions because of the cancel culture, the backlash that they might receive. But it's also the reason why it's like, okay, yes, you can have your opinions, but you can't shut down other people's opinions in the process where that's when I talk about, for example, politics, I say to people all the time, I'm like, I truly do not care if you are a Republican like that to me. I'm like, you know what? 
And granted, there is a difference between a Republican and a Trump supporter. I'm sorry to all the Trumpettes that may or may not be listening. Actually, I'm not that sorry. Never mind. But I'm like, or if I'm having a conversation with someone that's a Republican, I'm like, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I can un- I can try my best to understand your point of view. Because that's the only way that you're going to find those connections and you're going to be able to see like, okay, like I never thought about it this way. And you can understand people better by also listening. So Jordan, I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming on. And this conversation has been an absolute pleasure. You are incredible. Um, I want to give you this time. If there's anything that we didn't get to, if there's any piece of advice that you'd love to say to the In Your 20s community, now's your time to do it, as well as plug your personal socials, the podcast, all that great stuff. Okay. Um, Well, first off, I will say... um Reading is fundamental, okay? A book oh. that everyone... <laughs> All right. I didn't think you were going to say that. Um, shout out to Drag Race and RuPaul, but also reading in general has been like a large thing for me within these past um, couple of years of being in your 20s, right? Um, everyone needs to pick up More Than Enough by Elaine Walteroth. Best book on this earth, okay? <sighs> That's what I'm going to say. And um, Wait, you have to tell us a little bit about okay, it. Okay, so um, Elaine Walteroth, oh, she's a queen love this woman um basically she was the first or or like she was the first black editor-in-chief of team vogue right and she got that position okay yes i know who you're talking about she got that position i think she was like 29 years old right so incredibly young right this woman did not have anything but passion and a dream right was not born into money was not born into a network okay but she made her stuff happened and now her career has skyrocketed she is one of the judges on project runway now she's one of the co-hosts on the talk okay and so like i love this woman her story is incredible and the book is so well written and like i read it literally within two weeks which is fast okay so fast like that was a very pivotal moment for me was reading that book so anyone can read that you can relate to it in any way shape or form i really think it's important um I was going to say, so I'm, as you were talking about it, I may have just purchased it. Okay, period. The period. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, that. I was like, this sounds good. No, honestly, like, I plug that book as much as I can. Anytime I see someone, like, um, post it on their story, like, oh, I got this book or whatever, I'm like, this book changed my life. Okay. Like, I, I the way I will have to read it again, because it's honestly just like, it resonates with you so much. Um, and especially, you know, for, young woman of color as well you're really gonna have that solid relationship with it um but yes because this woman she's able to make her career so much but um yes anyone everyone um definitely listen to miles muse um it's my baby it's my everything it's my fun place where i get to go um it is on everywhere that you will find your podcast from spotify to um apple Podcasts as well also definitely follow the instagram at miles muse pod okay that 
another baby of mine. I have a lot of fun music polls I like to do on there. Um, spread my joy and fulfillment of music on there as well. My personal Instagram is Jordan underscore Sass. That's J-O-R-D-A-N underscore S-A-S-S. Um, and yeah, that's really that. You know, um, just here, you know, trying to make dreams happen and love music and people as much as I can. Um, but yeah, but Tina, this was awesome. This was great. Um, this I feel as if it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, wow, conversation for us to have. And yeah, I definitely enjoyed this. I loved everything about it. And guys, I'm going to link all of Jordan's socials, his podcast, all that great stuff in the show notes. Go check it out. Because if you have not fallen in love with Jordan within the 40, less than 40 minutes of this episode, then I don't know what y'all doing. I think y'all need to reevaluate um, the people in your life. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that is all I will say. But guys, thank you so, so much for tuning into another episode of In Your 20s. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to tell your friends about it. Follow the show wherever you stream podcasts. My name's Tina with an H and I'll catch you next Wednesday.